The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Well, what is going on, Bills Mafia? What is going on? It's good to have you with me. Welcome into the Overreaction Sports Show. It's no longer the post-game show. The Overreaction Sports Show brought to you by the market dominator on the Buffalo Rumblings multicast and podcast network. I'm your host, the voice of the Overreaction Sports Show. My name is Joe Miller. You can find me, as always, on Twitter at Joe. Miller wired and well, at least we didn't lose to the Bengals. (laughs) Can we just start there? At least we didn't lose at home to Joe Burrow, second year quarterback, granted Heisman Trophy winner, national champion, second year quarterback and the 26th ranked pass defense in the NFL. At least we didn't have the best quarterback, presumably in the entire NFL ever forever all of time who's on every freaking commercial imaginable now that all of the baker mayfield commercials are over every commercial we're told all the time he's the greatest ever he's going to be the greatest all the accolades at least we didn't lose to the Bengals in their 26th ranked pass defense that's what i got for you for this show (laughs) that's what i got for you for this show What's up, everybody? It's good to have you. They're piling into the comments section. Thank you so much, all of you that are here. I see Tia Stella's in the room. John Herring, Spin. Richard Rush is in the room. Vlad's in the room. Peyton, Carmen, what's up, dude? Dave Allen, it's good to see all of you guys in the room joining me live for this show. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm still, I don't know. I think I'm where, I, th- I think where most of you are. I think I'm better. The sun is up. But before we get to that, I got to get to the business at hand, which is, finishing my tagline which i think a lot of you like because i get it commented back to me all the time which is fun but whether this podcast finds you around a cup of coffee at the gym with your airpods in on the drive to work or watching me live right now on the youtubes facebook or twitter let me one more time just say welcome welcome it's good to have you good to see you good to have you here good to have you present We are Super Chat Live. If you want to get my attention, please do me the favor of Super Chatting me. It will just give me the opportunity to better, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, to better uh, see your chat. It's hard for me because they get rolling so fast, and when I'm locked into my notes, this is a podcast, uh, it just becomes difficult. So if you want my attention, if if you've got a question, I'll do the best I can to get to them for this show. But if you want to Super Chat me, that would make life so much easier for me. Uh, John Kieran is in in the room. He says, hey, Joe, much love. Hey, Bro, uh, bro, right back at you. So let's 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 talk about some stuff. Oh, like and subscribe as well. So whatever platform you're watching, like and make sure you subscribe at the very same time. So last week, I, I apologize to everybody for not being around. I don't apologize for going to the game and getting to be a fan. 
Uh, I had a wonderful time with McKenna, my daughter. Uh, we got to go to the Chiefs game, the Bills Chiefs game last week. We got field passes. Uh, it was it was an amazing time. And you can hear about that time that I had with McKenna specifically on the Off Tech with John Fina show from last week. Uh, and then I did get into my feelings a little bit on Wednesday on the Hump Day Hotline with Jay Spence the King. Uh, there was no overreaction last week, which you all know. And I apologize a little bit for not being able to speak about that game. I'll be honest with you. I tried to sit down with my with my laptop and write notes. And I, where I landed on Wednesday was I was just conflicted. I was very conflicted about how to feel about that game because the memories that I made with me and my daughter were unbelievable. And I just, I don't think I got out of the darkness until Thursday-ish, maybe Friday, uh, I'm doing much better today seeing the Bengals beat the Chiefs and all the Chiefs fans being salty is fantastic. Um, but it still it still weighs on me pretty heavy, and I think it is weighing on the Mafia too, especially when you look at kind of what happened in that Bengals game. But, you know, I've had a lot of people ask me on Twitter just, you know, what the difference was, you know, why the Bengals did better. And it basically comes down to coverage and pressure. So the Bengals beat the Chiefs in this football game, the AFC Championship game, because of coverage and pressure. And, oh, by the way, some adjustments. The Bengals adjusted on defense. The, the Chiefs were kind of doing what they wanted to. They were up by 18 points. We I mean, talk about a colossal collapse, colossal choke. The Bengals or the Chiefs at one point were up by 18 points. But I mean, they they adjusted. They brought pressure. They covered well. There was no time, or I should say, uh, Mahomes had time in the pocket, but they were covered so well that the pressure finally got to him. And some people were like, "Well, Mahomes played worse," and it's like, "Yeah, he played worse because of the coverage and the pressure." And there was a big difference in the way that they were coaching defensively versus the way that we did in our football game. They almost have nothing to lose. The Bengals are playing with house money. So they were playing a go get them kind of defense. Just let's just go get them. Where the Buffalo Bills, in my opinion, and I know a lot of you share the same opinion, and some of you may not, but I feel like the Buffalo Bills coached that game scared, very scared. Why else would you put single coverage on all of your defensive backs and drop your safeties 35 yards off the line of scrimmage? The only reason is because you're afraid. That's the only reason. There isn't another one. You're afraid. And the lack of adjustments. So congratulations to the Cincinnati Bengals for being the AFC champions. It stings a little bit because I don't think they're necessarily deserving. It's funny. You get into a single-game elimination tournament like the NFL playoffs are, and anything can happen. And even, even as I'm talking to you right now, I've got, like probably a lot of you do, I've got the game on that's currently playing the, the 49ers and the Rams. And the 49ers are winning 14 to, or I should say 17 to 14. And they've got the ball in the fourth quarter. They're going for it on fourth down with fourth and two. At least they're given the appearance that they're going to. But it's it's the NFL, right? Any given Sunday more than ever. What's up, Brian Bowers? Good to see you, buddy. More than ever. It's any given Sunday, but I want to talk about the season. So I want to go through some stuff. I'm probably not going to keep you super, super long. If Again, if you've got some conversation and you want to ask me some questions, I'll do my best, as I said, to kind of field those questions. But, um, yeah, it, it, <laughs> I, I think I'm hesitating because I'm not sure what people are going to ask me. And I don't want to call out players necessarily. I don't have any problem calling out coaches I don't want to get on a on a downward spiral of it's this player's fault or that's player's fault or blah, 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 blah. I think that's why I was hesitating, but I'll do my best. Um, and if I got to sidestep a little bit, maybe I can do that, but we'll kind of see. So, But uh, it's good to see Jake Jordan in the comment section and Adam. Welcome, bro. So this season, let's just talk about this season just for a minute because this is a wrap-up. So this is, and what that means is this show is going to be on pause. Uh, I'm going to take about a two-month break. That doesn't mean that I won't do guest spots. If somebody asks me to be on their show, I absolutely will oblige. I was just on the Joe Marino show on Friday on Locked on Bills uh, with Joe as we ranked for the second year in a row our most satisfying wins from the season, which was great. But I'm going to be taking about two months off. The break is needed. I'm ready. I'm ready for some rest. So we'll. I'll be back April, and I'll talk about this again in a minute, but I'll be back in April probably. Uh, the Fina show will be back uh, for like special occasions. And I don't know what's going on with the hump day hotline. I don't know if we're going to return in April or if we're going to return after that uh, love the hotline, but we really, it's, it's hard to just, it's hard to make up stuff, but uh, we'll see how that goes. I'll keep you guys all kind of like in the know as it pertains to that. I've got a super chat coming in, just waiting for it to, to populate here in my, in my feed, but this season, you know, there's a lot of ups and downs this season, a whole bunch of ups and downs. And it's funny because Brooke just said, you know, it was an odd year. Also didn't watch the game. You're welcome, which is funny. Um, and I don't know if my uh, 
don't know if it's slow or if it's uh if it's if it's no up oh, here they come it looks like oh that super chat did not come through which is really weird so hopefully it'll come through brooke and i'll uh pop it i'll populate the screen but uh just as brooke was just saying it's an odd year very very ups and downs uh averaging you know the buffalo bills were averaging the highest win differential heading into the playoffs but struggling in season you know single possession games it was just a strange year if, if the bills won they were crushing people and sometimes it was like a weird look they it didn't didn't feel like they were like when the Bills won 35 to nothing against the Dolphins. It didn't feel like a 35 to nothing win. There's the super chat I was looking for. Brooke, thank you for the super chat. Thank you for being a part of the show. Brooke says, odd year. Also didn't watch the game. So she's talking about the Chiefs and Bengals game. You're welcome. <laughs> I've told you before, Brooke, I don't think you're bad luck. Uh, even though you're probably feeling like you're bad luck, I don't think you're bad luck. Um, so yeah, so just getting back to my my comments that I was just saying a second ago. Um it was just the way the bills kind of were approaching the year, especially early in the season was just strange to me. We talked a lot about it on this show. We talked a lot about the offense. We talked a lot about what they were trying to do on offense. We were all excited and enamored that the defense was back. They were showing us flashes in the Washington football game where the offense like showed up and showed out. And it was like the 2020 offense was back and the defense was back. And then there were times where it would just evaporate and, and the whole team would look just different. You know, this was a season as well where, you know, the best news we came out of for this season started before the season even began, which was that Josh Allen, our franchise quarterback, signed a monster deal. And not only did he sign a mega deal guaranteeing him to be here for years to come, he actually played up and lived up to that contract. He did not regress. He did not drop off. The kid balled out. The passion and the fire that this young man has for winning. The passion and the fire that this man has for perfection. Am I saying he's perfect? No. But you can see that he wants to be perfect, and it bothers him when he's not perfect. The games that he had where he played well, and he basically carries the weight of, I didn't do this right, I didn't do that right, goes back and tries to fix it for the next game. Now, was every game perfect again? No, it wasn't. Definitely not perfect. However, the kid plays so hard and the passion with which he plays. You know, if you didn't know this already, and, and I, I can't imagine there's a lot of people left on the not sure about Josh Allen bandwagon. I think everybody's officially on it at this point. He's one of us. He embodies the spirit of Buffalo and the spirit of Bill's Mafia. Josh Allen as much as it, you know, you can get up in your feels and get emotional about the idea of him being in Buffalo and how he's a perfect fit. He really is the perfect fit for this football team in this town. And it's amazing what we've seen even Chiefs fans do, giving to Oshai Children's Hospital and, and seeing other fan bases adopt, if you will, that generosity, that kind of that feeling of charitable giving that, that we as Bills Mafia have. And I think they raised over a half a million dollars for the Patricia Allen Fund at Oshai Children's Hospital. But it just literally embodies Josh Allen and who we are and that connection that we have. And I'm going to say this to you guys again, as, as the offseason has officially started, we're, we're out of the darkness, out of the, the gray skies. We're, we're into probably our offseason. We're going to find, we, we've already found, about, found out about Dable. We're going to find out about some other people as well. But I'm going to say this coming coming into this offseason, getting you guys ready for next season. Enjoy every minute. Enjoy every minute that you get to watch this kid play football. And what I'm saying is enjoy every up. Enjoy every down. Enjoy every touchdown. Enjoy every interception. Enjoy every minute that you get to watch Josh Allen play football because it's not going to last forever. And before you know it, it's going to be 1996, and he's playing in his last playoff game. He gets carted off the field against the Jaguars, and just like that, it's over. Just like that, it's over. And I basically bring that to your attention because I didn't necessarily take the time to enjoy the Jim Kelly years. We were good. We won all the time. It was great. Dare I say I didn't savor it. This kid is special, very special. Savor these moments. Even when he frustrates you, remember back to guys like Trent Edwards, Thad Lewis, <laughs> Craig Nall, J.P. Lossman, right? These guys. I know we had some fun times with Fitzmagic. There was some promise there with Tyrod Taylor. But think back to all the guys 
that used to frustrate the living crap out of every single the, – the quarterback controversies after quarterback. Matt Leinert was on this football team. Brian Brom was on this football team for a minute. Savor every single second. Rob Johnson, somebody – Earl Scott just put Rob Johnson. <laughs> God. I was on the Rob Johnson train. I was That's another one that I choked away. For some reason, I didn't believe in Flutie. I was on, and I think it was because I was so into Jim Rome at the time. I don't know if you guys remember Jim Rome came to Buffalo and Rob Johnson was there. Jim Rome used to call Flutie the midget. I think it was, I think it was, I would think it was negatively swayed. My opinion was negatively swayed by Jim Rome. So yeah. News or topic for another day. But the best news is, like I said, is we have our franchise quarterback. 11 fun wins this year. Some of them had, some of them were head scratchers despite, you know, multiple possession wins. Uh, as I said, the Bills' margin of victory, I think, was number one in the NFL, uh, their point differential. Two early shutouts against the Dolphins and the Texans, beating up on a pretty weak division and making good on an easy schedule. Uh, we had a hugely satisfying win in New England after the loss here in Buffalo. And then another uh, win against New England in the playoffs that was magical. And just to do what the Buffalo Bills did, the first time, you know, the first no-punt game in Bill Belichick's career in 345 career games, and then they turn around and they did it twice in a row. And I'm going to be honest with you. I wasn't allowed in the Joe Marino show to put that second New England win, the, the playoff win, as my number one because it wasn't during the season, but that absolutely was the most satisfying win of the season. Boy, were we riding high. It was absolutely incredible. Incredible. Yes, let me just put Cliff, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury was a Buffalo Bill for a short stint. I don't know how many more quarterbacks I got to line up before you guys are like, thank God for Josh Allen and every interception or fumble he does. Like, if he throws an interception, thank God for Josh Allen. Because when you think of some of the guys that we had and believed in, that was the thing about Bill's Mafia. We believed in these guys. We fought over J.P. Lossman and Trent Edwards. Fought. We were at each other's throats over it for years on the Bill's message board. Crazy talk. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Freaking hysterical. Freaking hysterical. Uh, but there was also some maddening losses in this season. I was at the Steelers game, home opener. And I just, that was the most frustrating loss for me because we came into that game, me and Sterling Furrow are sitting on the tailgate of my truck at the tailgate talking about, you know, how Josh Allen is the best quarterback in the league and like nobody can handle him. The Steelers defense can't handle him. And he's going to take the, the league by storm MVP. The bills are going to win the super bowl. Like it's all, it's all just rainbows and butterflies and the bills. I don't want to say they choked, but they didn't exactly play that football game. Well, hugely frustrating game. Titans game. Lose that game by fourth and short fourth and a foot. Because Josh Allen, God love him, goes left instead of going right. The Jaguars game, which I'll be honest with you, the Jaguars game for a lot of you probably felt very similar to the Chiefs loss. It didn't for me because I was in Mexico. And if you remember, I was posting uh, <laughs> pictures on Twitter of me in a pool with the sun and a margarita uh, and just hashtag Mexican therapy. So that Jags loss, as frustrating as it was, I was I didn't have a show to do that night. And uh, I didn't have any shows to do that week. And I basically just buried that one in the Mexican sand. The Colts game where the Buffalo Bills were completely, what's the word, not unwilling, but even undeterred, undeterred, not even thinking about changing out of their formation, their, their nickel 4-2 as Jonathan Taylor was just doing Jonathan Taylor things to the Buffalo Bills the whole freaking time. Richard Rush says he'll be at the home opener this year. He's already decided. Bring it, bro. Bring it. John Kieran with a super chat. Thank you for being a part of the show, bro. Joe, I've been a fan estimated the 1970s. I was born in 73, so I'm right there with you. In Josh McBean, we trust. We got stuck in a divisional loss. We are better than that. Last 13 seconds and overtime. Oh, my God. What say you? I agree. I mean, it's... I, I, I sit in a different position, so I, we can talk about this because it's a loss for the season, but I sit in a different position than a lot of people do just because I don't blame overtime. I don't blame I don't blame the coin toss. I don't blame overtime. I don't blame the overtime rules. For me, the Buffalo Bills had ample opportunity to make a stop inside of two minutes, inside of that 13 seconds, and after the coin toss. You just saw the Bengals do it. 
You just saw the Bengals make a stop in overtime against the Chiefs. The Chiefs won that coin toss, and the entire stadium erupted because seven days ago, they won the coin toss and won the football game. And that's what they thought that meant. We just won the coin toss. We won the game. And they didn't. For me, that, and I'm going to talk about it here in a second, that loss lies solely on the coaching staff. And I know that that's highly debated. People don't agree with that take. Getting back to the couple losses, manding losses we had. It's funny when you look at these losses, they literally are just frustrating. Because you can point to every single one of these losses of one small thing or a couple small things that could have just gone a different way. The Patriots in the, they, they, they call it a blizzard, but I don't remember that much snow. I remember snow before the game, but there was no snow during the game. 45, 55 mile an hour gusting winds. The three pass attempt game or whatever it was. And then the Bucks game, I was also at that football game amongst a bunch of these other ones. The Bucks game, I walked out of that stadium not upset. I didn't have the expectation to win that game, and then the Bills started playing horribly. But then at halftime, turned it on. That was when everything changed. That was when, like, you know, the, they did the, the 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 proverbial Sylvester Stallone and turned the hat around, right, over the top. It kind of came out all guns blazing. That was an incredible second half. I didn't leave that stadium upset. I enjoyed the football game. My guy Payton plays with the Super Chat. Payton, thanks for being a part of the show, dude. Love you. And you know that. This offseason sponsored by Payton Salt Company. <laughs> Harvested fresh from the tears of Pats fans. Our salt is great on steaks and for disinfecting playoff wounds. Have a great offseason. It's been great. <laughs> Fantastic. Show, send me a link, bro. I'll buy a case. I'm in for a case. I'm in for a case. Uh, but this football team, they showed resiliency, especially after that Bucks game, and they found themselves, they found the run game, and they finished the season strong. But there's a lot of changes coming for this football team. We've already seen one. Brian Dable, gone. A lot of people in the last three years have wanted Brian Dable gone. I did in 2019. I was a little bit critical, a lot of bit critical of Brian Dable in 2019, and have seen a lot of growth in Brian Dable in 2020, 2021. I think some of you might be surprised. I think I think there's a little bit of not saying that Josh Allen is going to regress. I'm not saying that, but I think Brian Dable does a lot of good things. I think situationally, sometimes he's disconnected from the game. He doesn't understand situ situation, situationally where we are, but he's a brilliant mind when it comes to game plans. He's a brilliant mind when it comes to schemes. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Ken Dorsey is possibly gone as well. There have been no recent reports, but as of Friday, and I put something out there, there was he was basically trying to negotiate a huge deal with the Giants because he wants to go coach with Dable. I put a tweet out there, and a lot of people blew me up, and I had to block some folks because one guy called me a B-tier journalist. A B-tier journalist. And it's like, bro, I'm not a journalist. <laughs> I'm a hack that talks into a microphone. This isn't my job. I don't do this for a living. I don't have sources. We'll talk about Dorsey in a second. My guy Adam into the show. Thank you so much, bro. Feels good in the short term that the Chiefs lost. Do you think it makes the sting of the loss last week legitimate? Uh, legit lost lo last week lose legitimacy. Sorry, I read that wrong. Do you think it makes the sting of the last uh, la the loss last week lose legitimacy and therefore lose urgency? No, I don't. I think it's an every Sunday thing. I. Uh, any given Sunday thing. I think for the Buffalo Bills, my hope is they watch that game. They watch the coaching staff, Leslie Frazier, Brian Mc, or Sean McDermott, watch that football game, and they see takeaways. Like, oh, we can do this. Oh, we can do that. We can, we can match up this way. We can match up that way. My fear is, is they see what the Bengals did and somehow, well, Pat Mahomes made mistakes. And had he not made those mistakes, he would have beat them because of the defense that they ran. For me, there was a lot for the Bills to learn from that football game. It definitely does not lose legitimacy. Or does it lose urgency? Josh Allen tweeted at the buzzer when the Bengals won. Was it pain or painful? Painful. They're hurting. This football team is hurting. This coaching staff is hurting. I don't think they're, I don't think they're just going to let it get away. The Mafia Sports Report, what's up, my guy? Good to see you uh, in the show. Appreciate you. It seems like McDermott plays with fear and doubt in important games. Bengals didn't show that today. 
They respected the Chiefs, but didn't fear them. Yeah, I talked about that. I talked about it at the top of the show. They, the Bills coaching staff in that Chiefs game specifically coached scared. And there's nothing that anybody can do that's going to tell me otherwise, because I can go back and watch the film. And as I said, watch Levi Wallace in single coverage with Tyree Kill while uh, Hyde and Poyer are 35 yards off the line of scrimmage, hoping to God they don't throw bombs or go over the top on them. They played, they, they coached absolutely 100% scared. 100%. Appreciate the super chat, bro. But Ken Dorsey is possibly gone from this football team. And I think what's weird for me is we've talked about it on this show. We've talked about it on the Hump Day Hotline. And we've talked about it on the FINA show. That there was a little bit of not necessarily seeing eye to eye amongst this coaching staff between Sean McDermott and Brian Dable this season. And I I probably misworded it. And I said that to Sports Rock from the 585 report that I probably overstated it when I said there was obvious tension. Maybe it's not obvious and it probably wasn't all season long. And I'm not in the situation where I'm saying that Brian Dable doesn't like Sean McDermott and Sean McDermott doesn't like Brian Dable. There was just a matter of the way that Sean McDermott wanted the games to be played, called, coached, whatever, and Dable was different. We can, I've joked about which one's conservative, which one's aggressive, but we it's safe to assume that Dable is the aggressive guy. Dable's the guy that has Josh Allen and wants to throw the football 90% of the time, and Sean McDermott, want defensive-minded coach, conservative, wants to be a little more conservative, run the ball, be efficient. There was a couple times as well that it worked. It worked its way into uh, the press conferences when they asked him, and he and and McDermott literally said, in a very short and curt answer, "We are on the same page offensively. We are we are now on the same page." Which basically says, if you've ever had that conversation with your wife, we had a conversation. I told him what I wanted. We're on the same page. And all I said about Dorsey, and the reality is this. If Ken Dorsey is Dable's guy and they're tight and thick as thieves and they've got similar philosophies for offense and Ken Dorsey sees the struggles, the the tension, which sometimes is healthy, the tension that, that Dable had with McDermott, you have to imagine or assume that Ken Dorsey doesn't necessarily want to stay here to fight the same fight that Dable was fighting with McDermott, primarily because Dorsey doesn't have the resume. That Brian, Brian Dable can easily have that tension and have that that, that those conversations about philosophy and what they want for game plan and sometimes win because Dable has a resume. He's won some things. Ken Dorsey doesn't. Ken Dorsey's going to walk into Sean McDermott's office and Sean McDermott's going to like bark at him about being more efficient and running the ball more often and Ken Dorsey's going to cave, right? I mean, it's, I'm not saying for sure, but that's a good assumption. Or Ken Dorsey can just do the smart thing. Go with Brian Dable, make a whole bunch more money, and do whatever he wants, run the offense he wants to run with his head coach who wants to run the same offense. I would expect to see Ken Dorsey gone. I have no idea who the Buffalo Bills are going to bring in, and it makes me nervous. The good news is, is I think Josh Allen is capable of learning a new offense relatively quickly. It'll be interesting to see how long it takes, how long that learning curve is, and I'm sure that they'll try to do it as fast as possible. I think I think Josh is in Mexico right now. So as much as they said that he'll be the, a part of any head, uh, offensive coordinator hiring that they do, it'll be interesting to see how he does that from Mexico or if he comes back or whatever. Good for Josh. Go find a beach, find a margarita, soak up some sun. And that Mexican therapy, I'm telling all of you guys, hashtag Mexican therapy, it works. I'm actually headed back to Mexico on the 18th of this month. Or sorry, February. It's still January. Longest month of the year, January. Seems like it anywhere. I'd love to see more out of Frazier. I like Leslie Frazier, guys. It's not a situation of not liking Leslie Frazier. I just, there's, I need to see somebody challenge his mindset at times. And I know that some of his mindset is married to McDermott's. They're very similar guys. I'm not saying they agree all the time. We know that in 2019, McDermott took the play calling, defensive play calling away from Leslie Frazier. But I need to see more. I need to see some aggressiveness out of him when it's situationally appropriate. And we just don't see it. And as much as people can come on here and show me stats about blitz and about pressure and blah, 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 the reality is, is they have been very reluctant to adjust at times. They've been very reluctant to move out of what's not working. I need to point you to the Colts game where Jonathan Taylor, we already talked about it, ran for a bazillion yards. And after that game, Leslie Frazier said, we never once considered moving out of our base 4-2, even though he was thrashing them. And what's funny about that is, 
it was the last drive of the game or towards the last couple minutes when McDermott pulled uh, uh, Matt Milano aside and said, shoot the gap. And finally, Matt Milano started shooting the gap and tackling Jonathan Taylor behind the line of scrimmage. I just need to see. I don't need to see. Uh, I don't mind the bend and break defense. It clearly works from a point scoring standpoint as it pertains to what the Buffalo Bills are trying to accomplish with Josh Allen on the other side of the football to score 25, 27, 31 points, hold the other team to 17. That game plan works almost all the time until you play the Chiefs, until you play a team that can sling the ball, the Bucks. And the reality is for me is I need this team to be able to light the fire when they need to and get guys to the quarterback and be aggressive, make plays on passes downfield. Don't just tackle the guy. I know some of you are probably already in the comment section. I know this, this, this team looks totally different with Tredavious White. He was a huge loss and it was widely masked by uh, him being gone, was widely masked, those guys playing well by the opponents that we were playing. To be honest with you, this defense was widely masked this whole entire season by the quarterbacks and the teams we were playing because they weren't good. This defense had it very easy. It was very much, some of it was smoke and mirrors. Were they a good defense? Yes. Were they number one legitimately in all six categories? I don't know. I don't know. If they played Tom Brady, if they played... Right, Matt Stafford, if they played some of these other guys every single week, you know, are they coming out number one? I just don't know. They played a lot of garbage garbage quarterbacks and garbage football teams. A lot of them. Kobe Brissett. <laughs> or Jacoby Brissett. I said Kobe. Jacoby Brissett. I mean, there's just, right, Davis Mills. Uh, obviously, Tua. Come on. Mike White. They freaking ate Mike White's lunch and sent him home to mom. Mike White didn't see another football game after the Bills got done with him. Zach Wilson was bad. I mean, the list goes on. I mean, the only good quarterback on a bad football team they faced was Matt Ryan, and Matt Ryan had an okay football game against him, but they still throttled him because Atlanta's a dome team from Georgia playing in Buffalo in 10-degree weather. Do we want to talk about home field advantage? Maybe. Anyways, but you got to think that uh, there's some personnel changes coming for both the offense and the defense. And I've got just the list. I'll, I'll hit it real quick. I've got the list of free agents uh, coming into this season. I should say this off season. I'll just give them to you and you guys can decide or comment and you guys can argue over who is 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 going to stay and who's going to go amongst yourselves. Jerry Hughes is uh, an unrestricted free agent. Mario Addison, unrestricted free agent. Vernon Butler, unrestricted free agent. For me, I like Jerry. I like Mario. They're both getting long in the tooth and Vernon Butler should have been cut week six. Emmanuel Sanders has already pretty much stated he's going to retire. Trubisky is not going to stick around. He's going someplace else. Who knows where? He could go with Dable. Who knows? Ike Butker, I like Ike a lot. But I think we saw what Ryan Bates was for this offensive line when Ike Butker went down. The question is going to be, can and will Ike Butker recover from that Achilles injury? That is a monstrous injury to recover from for an NFL football player. And most NFL players don't recover from it. Levi Wallace is an unrestricted free agent. Taiwan Jones. I want, I wouldn't mind having both those guys back. F.A. Obata. I had high hopes for F.A. Obata. I don't know. I don't know if it's him. I don't know if it's the scheme. I don't, I don't know. Isaiah McKenzie is an unrestricted free agent and whatever the Buffalo bills have to do to get this kid back in the building, they need to do. The offense is different, better. It's just better when he is running around on the field like a crazy person. The defenses all key on him, and they all get a little bit edgy when they see him running around because they don't know what he's going to do, and they want to keep their eyes on him. He opens the field for everybody else. Matt Breed is an unrestricted free agent. See ya. Harrison Phillips is an unrestricted free agent. Bring Harry back. I think Harrison Phillips will come back. Justin Zimmer, unrestricted free agent. I'd like to have Justin back. Saran Neal is an unrestricted free agent. Tyrell Dodson is an unrestricted free agent. And I do believe that Ryan Bates is the only restricted free agent. And by God, they better bring Ryan Bates back. They got to bring Ryan Bates back. But if I'm going to talk about the story of this season for me, and I don't, I mean, it's, you know, it was a great season. It was a great year. And we, you know, I got to meet so many people. I got to meet Warlock. I got to meet LaShawn. 
I got to meet uh, Alyssa. I can't even think. Of, yeah, Ashley Petty and I finally met this year. Like the uh, Kristen Kimmick and I became friends this year. Like I got to meet Sterling. I've been friends with Sterling forever, and we're like we got to we got to meet like the, I, I met Peyton. Like and there's people in the chat. I got to meet Richard Rush this year. There's people that I got to meet this year, and that part of it was tremendous. The connection to the mafia. I got to go to the Bucks game. That was awesome, even though we lost. I got to go to the Chiefs game. That was awesome, even though we lost. But this, the still for me, and I think you guys all feel it was a season of disappointment. Was it a failure? No, it was not a failure, but it was disappointing. Should we be fatalistic? It's over. The windows closed. The Bills are never going to go to the Super Bowl. Absolutely not. We should not be fatalistic. Yep, I got to meet Robbie. That's right. I got to meet T. Estelle. <laughs> got to meet a whole bunch of people this year. We should not be fatalistic. Should we have expected more and due to that expectation, more in the potential season ending we all know this team was capable of? Yes. The biggest problem with this entire season is we all expected the Buffalo Bills to go to the Super Bowl. I don't think we said win. We said that this is the year we go to the Super Bowl. Josh Allen's going to be the MVP. It's going to be amazing. 14 and three, I think is what I predicted, or 13 and four. I'm going to say that last line again. Should we have expected more, and due to that expectation, more in the potential season ending, we all know this cap- this team was capable of, absolutely, and I think all of you are feeling it. But as I said earlier, for me, this coaching, the coaching on this team specifically, they held this team back, and not only in the AFC game, the divisional playoff game against the Chiefs, they held this team back a lot this year in a lot of areas. Whether in misjudgments coming into the season on players they thought that they could get by with in backup roles and starting roles, specifically along the offensive line, hello, and maybe along the defensive line, Vernon Butler, hello, or mishandling of guys like Ryan Bates. Ryan Bates, all we've heard for two years is that Ryan Bates is the first, you guys have all heard me say this, he's the first guy off the bench. He's the He, he can play tackle, he can play center. He's Mitch Morris's backup, even though we've got Feliciano, who's a backup center. But Ryan Bates is the first guy, he can play every position on the line. He's really good, blah, blah, blah. And every time somebody got hurt, every time somebody had to leave the field, Ryan Bates was never the guy that came, in, came into the game, never once, unless they were doing that heavy package with the extra tight end. Then Ryan Bates would come in. Tommy Doyle came in. Uh, who else? Obviously, Cody Ford came in. Like the amount of guy Ike Butker was in. So Ike Butker was in starting because he didn't want to play Ryan Bates. And until Ryan Bates was forced into the lineup, forced because he had nobody else, the line magically looked better than it has in two years. And yes, some of that was because of the scheme. Some of that was simply due to the fact that they changed schemes. It went from being trying to force the wide zone stuff and they went to the pin and pull. But Ryan Bates was a big piece of that. Rams fans are celebrating, so it looks like the Rams are about to win this football game. Which I guess I'm glad about because had Jimmy G gone against the Bengals and beat the Bengals, then we get to hear about how Jimmy G is a better quarterback than guys like Dan Marino and Jim Kelly because he's got a Super Bowl ring, right? That's how that works, right? If you won a Super Bowl, you're a better quarterback than everybody else. At least that's what that's what I was told on Twitter. But anyways, the coaching staff, in my opinion, let let this team down all season. There was a lot of weird calls. How about Isaiah McKenzie not being a part of this offense through the whole season? I get it. They were doing the same thing with Ryan Bates. We got to protect this guy. If he gets hurt, he can't return kicks. Meanwhile, your offense is suffering because one of your best weapons is not playing football. We can't let Ryan Bates play because he's the backup center. So if he gets hurt, then what are we going to do if Mitch Morris gets hurt? So therefore, we're going to allow the offensive line to not be as good as it can. We're not going to play the best five because if that guy gets hurt, then we're in trouble if that other guy gets hurt. That's mishandling of the of the personnel staff, in my opinion. Isaiah McKenzie not being a part, being a ghost on this offense for the first, whatever it was, 10 weeks was insane. 12 weeks. Forcing the run in the name of balance in the worst situational times possible. Second and long. Yes, the Bills ran the ball and passed the ball, uh, statistically averaging about the same amount of times as in 2020. The difference was is this time they ran the ball on second and nine, second and ten, the worst times to run the football. Or waiting, if you want, until the end of the season was almost, or I should say until the season was almost out of their grip, 
before allowing this offense to return to who it was meant to be. Coaching. This is all coaching. In the end, and we talked about it a second ago, coaching, the last game we played, the coaching did them in. Not the players, not the execution, the coaching, the plan, the scheme, the failure to get a stop twice, the kickoff, the execution on the kickoff, the the message not getting to Tyler Bass to kick the ball to the two-yard line, then the timeouts before each play. The Buffalo Bills called two timeouts before each of the last two plays to get the right package in, to make sure that they knew what they were going to do, and Travis Kelsey stand on the sideline going, the seam's wide open. How do defensive professionals not see the seam wide open, but Travis Kelsey does? Do it, Kels. Do it, Kels. Pat Mahomes on the last play. 35 yards up the seam to put him in scoring position to kick a field goal to win the game. Or actually, to tie the game and send him in overtime. Crazy coaching. Absolute coaching. So that's the story of the, of the year for me. Disappointing. It's a, it was a disappointment. Was it a failure? No, it was not. The Buffalo Bills went to the playoffs third, third time in a row, fourth time in five seasons. But it was disappointing. And that's how we should feel. We should be hungry for more. We should want and expect more from our football team. Real quick, before I get you guys out of here, the Buffalo Bills finished the season third on offense, first on defense. Again, I think that defensive rank is a little suspect. Josh Allen, if we want to talk about Josh Allen real quick. Josh Allen finished 2021. Oh, I got, hang on a second. There it goes. I had to turn off a volume thing here on ESPN's website. So annoying when their their video ads play automatically. What was he? Uh, 409 for four, uh, 646. So it was 63% completions regular season. He threw for 4,400 yards. I think I predicted him to be over 5,000 with the extra game. Last year, he threw 4,544. This year, he was down just a bit. That is not regression, folks, just so you know. His average uh, per, uh, per pass did go down a yard. 36 touchdowns to 37 touchdowns. He was up five interceptions. He was sacked 26 times. He was also sacked 26 times in 2020. His rating dropped quite a bit. And some of that can be probably measured against no crowds in opposing stands. His QBR did go down as well. He did not have the same, like the, the he did not have the level of year that he had in 2021. I think we all knew that, but the dude played, he, he played well. He played well enough to win 11 games, if not more. Incredible. How loud that just was. So looking at Josh Allen, his first season he threw for 2,074 yards, his second season he threw for 3,089, third season 4,500, and then his last season 4,400. Josh Allen rushed for 631 yards this season. He was the second leading rusher on the team. Josh Allen was crazy. Oh, I'm sorry, I've got that wrong, 763, 763. His second best rushing season was his rookie season for 631, which is nuts, if you ask me. Nuts. Stephon Diggs, this is always fun. Real quick, I'm going to give you some Stephon Diggs numbers. So Stephon Diggs in 2020 uh, had 127 receptions, 1,535 yards. He had eight touchdowns. 2021, he had 103 receptions, 1,225 yards, 10 touchdowns. Got to love you some Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs is entering, what is it, his eighth season? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Is that right? Three, seven, yeah, he's going into his eighth year and staring down a relatively decent size. I think we would all agree, decent size, probably contract, new contract. It'd, like, it'd be nice to see the Buffalo Bills get him some new money. I don't want Stephon Diggs going anywhere. And yes, he had over 5,000 yards total paid in saying. So with his rushing yards, 5,000 yards he produced, which is absolutely nuts. Absolutely nuts. Real quick. This show, as I tell you guys all the time, is brought to you by the Market Dominator. The Market Dom- Dominator, if you look into my screen, it's that guy right there. That's my friend, John John Spaschek, who was actually at my house last night for dinner. So we had John over for dinner, John and his lovely wife, uh, wife Kelly. John is my guy. Uh, John is a, a real estate agent and uh, for Keller Williams, and Keller Williams is the largest real estate brokerage in the entire world. John considers himself a life transition specialist. If you've ever had to move after being settled for a very long time, you know that it's not just moving, especially if you're moving townships, moving school districts, moving out of state. 
it's transition and life transition is difficult regardless whatever you're doing if you're looking to buy your first home if you're looking to buy your next home if you're looking to sell a home you want the team that is the best you want the team that is the market dominator team john and his team are freaking awesome they're actually getting ready to start a bunch of uh, youtube programs to basically just educate buyers and educate sellers uh, which is awesome. I'm looking forward to that. I'm actually helping him set up, set up his all of his gear and everything else. Uh, so look forward to those if you're interested in that sort of thing. Basically, going to teach you guys how to look at foundations and basements and look at roofs and stuff like that to know that if what you're buying is sound, right? Cracks in walls and just different things like that, plumbing, yada yada yada, all that stuff. But uh, if you're looking to buy a house, you want to make sure you got the best team behind you. One that's going to be able to find the right deals, deals that are going to fit exactly what you're looking for. And if you're looking to sell a house, it's always about maximizing its value. John's team is the best at that. Call John, 716-570-3298. The number again, 716-570-3298. You can also reach him on Twitter. His Twitter handle is M for market, M Dominator 716 John is the man. John, thank you so much for a phenomenal season. Uh, John, has, this is the second year that John has sponsored this show. He sponsored the Humpty Hotline as well. And John took care of not only me, but he took care of Jay Spence. Uh, and every time we were out, whether it was in Tampa uh, or if we were in Buffalo, every time we were out, John picked up the tab and just uh, was incredible. So, John, thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for your love. Uh, thank you for just being a part of my team. I appreciate you. I love you. And I'm appreciative. Also, thank you to everybody this season that has super chatted me not only thank you from me, but thank you from my family because that money, believe it or not, actually blesses my family. So I'm a hobby. This is not my full-time job. Uh, that money that you're, that you, when you give me two bucks or 10 bucks, it doesn't go to pay for my Mercedes Benz. It pays my electric bill and my cable bill <laughs> and my internet bill and buys me computers to do stuff like this. So for all of you that have uh, super chatted me, thank you so much for, for doing that. And uh, for those of you that I know that have called John's pass check, Appreciate you for that, too. So that's just uh, one team right there. So talk to you about stats. Talk to you about the story of the year for me. Just talk to you about stuff. Um, what's next? What is next? As I told you guys earlier, I'm taking an ex- not an extended break, but a little bit of a break. So Jay Spence, the king, and myself are both off. Uh, he might be back tomorrow, but I'm not sure. But uh, I know that this is my last show for the overreaction show until April. Uh, if something happens, that's insane. I might come back for a show, uh, just to do a special one. When I do come back in April through the off season, the overreaction sports show is going to be on Monday nights. So it's going to move to Monday nights at 9 PM just during the off season. And the reason is because Buffalo rumblings has the circle of the wagons podcast that drops on Sunday already into Monday. So we're just going to fill that void that's being left by the Phoenix show. So for the offseason, my show will be at 9 o'clock uh, on Mondays. Uh, the Hump Day Hotline, I'm not sure when it's going to return yet. I know that it's going to return, just not sure when, if we're going to come back in April, if we're going to come back later, you know, like maybe when OTAs or minicamps start, something like that. And then the Phoenix show is going to come back. It'll be again on Mondays, and we'll squeeze it in more than likely. Uh, I might omit an overreaction show whenever we have a Phoenix show because, frankly, I love talking to John Phoenix. He's a blast. But uh, that'll be on Mondays as well. So like around draft time, around free agency, around, you know, obviously OTAs. And then obviously that show will come back in full force, hopefully better than ever next year during the season. So that's pretty much what I've got. So until the 2022 season starts, you know, we're going to be, you know, kind of uh, taking it a little bit chill, taking a little bit easy. Another super chat coming in from Daniel Garis. Daniel, thank you for being a part of the show. Thanks to the market dominator, Buffalo Rumblings, Jay Spence, the chat. Uh, but Bills Mafia and my friend Joe Miller, we will be back. Go Bills. That's that is a nutshell right there. <laughs> and my mom, my mom who, who never watches this show, she only watches this show with Spence because she loves him. She's in the chat. She says, when she's hearing, I'm not gonna be around. She's not gonna be able to hear my voice on YouTube. She says, Oh no, you better call me more. So don't don't worry, mom. I'll call you. I'll call you some more. Richard Rush, thank you for the great content two years in a row, Joe. I greatly appreciate what you do. Love you, brother. Richard, you know I love you. You got to get back in town so we can get some chicken wings. Head back over to Barbell. Same thing with you, Peyton. You got to get back over here to uh, to Barbell for me. But uh, And then the last thing that I'll be working on, Jay Spence, the king, and I are going to be working on it this offseason, is the radio station idea, the Overreaction Sports Network. So we uh, introduced that last year, and we're still looking for funding, and we're trying to figure out how that's going to work out. But we have a dream to bring to Bill's Mafia, the first ever three, 24-7, 365 
100% complete sports coverage for Buff for the Buffalo Bills, commercial free. Absolutely commercial free. Well, how can you do that? Well, there's a way to do that. If you're interested, let me know. Uh, hit me up on Twitter or Facebook or something if you're interested to know more about that. But uh, we're going to be trying to figure out how to make this radio station thing work. And if we can, more power to us. That would be freaking awesome. I don't foresee the overreaction postgame show going anywhere next year, even if the, re- the radio station does become a thing. But uh, if you're interested in more Bills content, if you're interested in Bills content reaching you wherever you are in the world at the touch of a button, uh, this is this is what you're looking for. This is for Bills Mafia. It's meant for displaced Bills Mafia. So if you're displaced like I was for 13 years, this is for you. So if you're interested in knowing more about overreaction, the Overreaction Sports Network and Buffalo Football Radio, hit me up. Let me know. I can uh, talk to you talk you through it. But that's what Jay Spence and I will be working on uh for the next couple, three, four, five months until the season starts. And then if it doesn't happen this year, who knows? We'll see what we do. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll figure that out. But uh, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that's pretty much all I've got for you tonight. So I uh, appreciate you guys spending a little bit of your week with me. Um, enjoy Monday. Enjoy Tuesday. Enjoy Wednesday. Enjoy the off season. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Just enjoy it and uh, be looking forward to next season. So don't carry, don't carry that loss with the chiefs around with you anymore. Let that thing go. Just drop that thing at the door and just be excited for uh, what the the moves that Brandon Bean is going to make to get this team that much closer to the the glory land, to the promised land that we all want to see, which is a Buffalo Bills Super Bowl in 2022. But uh, for me, for the market dominator, for all of my guests and friends and for Jay Spencer King, for John Fina, for I don't even know Bruce Nolan and Nate Geary for uh, Steve uh, Vega from Buff Hub. I can't, I'm going to forget somebody for Anthony Marino for all of us. So that's the other thing too. Food for thought is going to continue. So food for thought on Fridays will will stick around. But for everybody, for all Bills Mafia, for all Buffalo Rumblings, for myself, my family, for McKenna, for everybody, love you guys. Here's to a Buffalo Bills Super Bowl in 2022. Josh Allen, Josh freaking Allen, hoisting the Lombardi tro- Trophy in 2022. Joe Miller, I'll talk to you guys soon. I'm out. Peace, love, all that good stuff. Go Bills. Go Bills.